everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Belgian Football Podcast. My name's Scott Coyne and I will be your host for this week's episode. Ben's not joining us this week, he is otherwise engaged, but I'm not alone. We're never alone here at the BFP, we never rant into voids anymore. Our Yoris is here. How are you, Yoris? Not the greatest weekend for your side? I'll make that the greatest week or the greatest two months, maybe even. But uh, regardless of that, personally, I am fine. I guess that's uh, also important. But uh, yeah, uh, that we'll get to uh, my team later on, obviously. Uh, but uh, th- they have seen better times. They have, they have. And we'll we'll dive into that in a little while. Before we do the scores roundup, um, I just wanted to highlight, it's been a great weekend for away sides this weekend, actually. Uh, we saw the, the joint highest number of away wins on a single match day uh, this century. Uh, six away teams coming away with the points this weekend. I thought that was interesting on another weekend that was unusually low scoring as well, wasn't it, Joris? Yep, it was a very low scoring one. I think five of these six uh, yeah, uh, away wins were uh, nil ones. And then there was also a home win uh, and one nil win. There's a few stats on these things. I don't, I don't know if it's an historical low. Probably not. Otherwise, we would have known by now. But yeah, six times one nil scoreline. Uh, only two teams scoring twice. No team scoring more than twice. And only one game where both teams scored. It, I've seen more exciting weekends, to be honest. Uh, I have to admit that. Yeah, it's, it's a funny one because, as we know, the Pro League is um, generally quite a high-scoring league, you know, on average when you compare it to other leagues around Europe on, on most match days. So we certainly saw um, an, an odd trend this weekend. Speaking of low scoring, let's let's have a look at the results this weekend, shall we? Friday night uh, started with Standard at home against Union Saint-Gelois. Union coming away with a, a 1-0 win. Saturday saw Genk lose, surprisingly, uh, 1-0 at home to Oipen. Circle beat Charleroi 2-0 at the Ambridal, and Molenbeek came from behind to win 2-1 at Dendrief against Leuven. Sunday's big game kicked off um, Anderlecht against Antwerp, saw Brian Reimer's boys win 1-0. It was a much-needed win for them. In the game weekend's other games, Mechelen lost 1-0 at home to Ghent. Westerlo also lost 1-0 at home to Club Bruges and Kertraik, uh, completing this triumvirate of a Sunday 1-0 losses for the home side, lost at home to St. Truden. So let's start, Joris, shall we, with Friday night's game at Sklesen, a substandard standard Liège losing 1-0 to Union Saint-Gerois, and a second goal of the season for Dennis Eckert Ayenza, yeah, grabbing the points for the Brussels side. And I don't know about you, Joris, but I, I find this a really frustrating watch um, because standard were so bad. I was using the phrase substandard there, trying to be ironic, but um, I, I actually got quite annoyed watching this game because it, it felt so one-sided to me. Um that, that it just kind of got my heckles up a little bit. A lot of empty seats at Sklesen, I thought, as well. And judging by this performance, I think Karl Ufkin should be very, very worried indeed at the moment. Yeah, it uh, it's all looks like it, sounds like it as well. Um, unfortunately, I have to admit, I didn't really watch this game, so I, I can't say that much substantial. I've seen some statistics, though, which are already worrying enough for them. No big chances for a standard. 
standaard. Uh, Union is missing six big chances, which is in itself maybe a worry for them a bit as well. But on the other hand, it's a really good sign that you are creating them. They also got uh, another clean sheet for uh, from their side. But yeah, for sta- coming back to standard, yeah, standard, yeah, it's 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 worrying. Uh, no goal scored, uh, players sent off. Whether that was rightfully so, it's uh, already another topic of discussion, I believe. But um, yeah, then not only a player, but one of your, the best players that uh, that were or more consistent players that were there last season as well. It's only going to be for one game, of course. But um, yeah, it, it's it's a lot of quality for that game, nonetheless. And yeah, just the, just the lack of quality in the whole squad um, seems to be there. We have to give some players some time still, obviously, as well. There's also a few... A lot of these newcomers are even uh, young players as well, so even a bit more time there. But yeah, it's... Um, the signs are not good at the moment uh, for for Hufkens and his side. Um, yeah, that's uh, they yeah they do seem to be having a struggle at the at the beginning of the season already, and it's uh, difficult to get out of out of such slump. Um, but well, they, there is still time. I'll give. I'll still say that, but um, things will have to turn around rather quickly, especially. With the game against uh, Charleroi inside, which is uh, next weekend already, uh, the the big Walloon. Well, Derby is uh, maybe a rower, the the word the the Walloon clash maybe is a better word uh, because there's not that many Walloon teams inside the the Belgian Pro League, and whether it's really a Derby, well, that's another again another topic that's uh, that's a topic that people can discuss over for a long a while. Um, then yeah, I think it's fair to say they don't like each other very much. Those two, though, do they? <laughs> yes, definitely, exactly. That's uh, in in that sense, it definitely is a is a derby. It's more about the geographical aspects of things. It's it's more complicated than you would than it seems at the beginning. But uh, turning back to Union, then yeah, uh, clean sheets. Like I said, uh, Eckert scoring twice. Okay. Granted, this one was maybe a bit lucky with Bokadi hitting the ball and Eckert, well, the ball bouncing off Eckert into the goal, leaving Bodar without uh, without any chance. Bodar, who had a great game as well, um, not outside, he was probably the one standard player, standard player in the performing at the at the standard at the standard level or above par level even. Uh, I won't make it a joke. Yeah, even worse now. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, but for Union, yeah, great start, of course. Um, yeah, two, two wins in a row, two seemingly difficult games, at least against uh, two of the uh, traditional top clubs in Belgium, even though you might argue that both of them are not in their best spells in their history at the moment. But um, yeah, still, uh, it's not an easy feat to, to win uh, on Sclassin. For uh, for any side and um, yeah, the one thing that might be the coming now for Uno as well is uh, it seems like just today that uh, Senelina has um, undergone his medicals for a transfer to Werder Bremen, mm. which would be another one of those score players uh, from the from last season that that might be leaving uh, if that transfer indeed goes through. Yeah, how many can they still take? And there's also still a bit of a question mark, even though Eckert scored twice now, which is uh, really good for him, whether that will be enough for, for them for be- gaining really 
high up the table for the whole season long. But uh, these are the early signs are good, of course. But can he really maintain that? And is he good enough to keep it up for the keep them up as well in the table uh, for the whole season? But um, great start for them, nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. And and you, you were talking about um, transfer news there today. It was a bit of news on the standard front as well. They they have brought in another striker um, today, uh, Wilfried Kanga, who's come in on loan from uh, Hertha Berlin um, on a on a season long loan. He's come in, uh, so he offers them a slightly different profile. So I suppose that's that's a reason to be positive. Um, going into that 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 Walloon derby this weekend, you were talking about the Balak Bisha sending off. Um, my thoughts on that actually were that it was a classic case of a frustrated player. I thought the the first yellow was probably a yellow. It was a very clumsy challenge. The second one there actually isn't that much in, but um, more often than not, a referee is going to give a yellow than not. So he made it very easy for the referee. And I think it was a challenge. Ultimately, he didn't have to make that second one. So he, he could have stayed on the park, but um, it, it did look like it was a symptom of frustration and, and a realisation that the game was just not going their way at all. Um, nothing really. This kind of was a little bit like Anderlecht last week on, on match day one. Very, very little... Uh, for the coaching staff to take out of this in a positive sense. You know, you mentioned how good Bodart was and he actually stopped it being, um, you know, much more embarrassing for them in the end. He had, you know, three or four really, really decent saves. Um, otherwise, it could have looked rather grisly for them. Um, and, you know, you could see Union actually, you know, as the game goes on, you're thinking, as long as it stays 1-0, you only need ha- uh, half a chance but to give you an indication of how bad the standard performance was, on the very, very few occasions that standard managed to get into Union's kind of eighteen-yard uh, box and and attempt a shot, you could feel the sharp intake of breath of the home support um, and the rapturous applause when when a, a shot was attempted. So they they could see kind of quite how blunt their own side was. Long-standing issues, of course. You know the the. the kind of performance that we saw here is just indicative of, of things that have been going on at Standard in terms of their performance levels for at least a couple of seasons now. And I, I was thinking afterwards, Joris, it just kind of underlines how good a job last season Ronnie Dyla did do in just kind of upping the the output levels um, a little bit um, because, you know, they, they certainly punched above their weight on the whole across last season. It was just against the big boys. They let themselves down um, really a little bit, but you know, dreadful performance really on the whole, and just just when you think it can't get any worse, you know, they seem to have hit a, a, a new low at the moment, and they've got a game coming up this weekend, as as, as you were saying, that in some ways is 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 ideal to be going into uh, off the back of that, but being bottom of the table is um, not not where they want to be at the moment. Yeah, definitely not, and. Yeah, we'll see how uh, how this uh, develops, of course. Uh, but uh, the Im- big improvements are uh, very much needed uh, in the very short term as well. Yeah, speaking of big improvements, and I- I'll thank you for that link because um, you know you- you're going to talk about the improvements needed here. Um, Saturday's first game saw your side Genk lose surprisingly. Uh, one nil at home to Oipen, and that's Oipen's first ever win at the the Segeka as well, which I don't think a lot of people realised um, until uh, we were able to point it out to them. There's quite a few people surprised by that from from what I saw. Um, give us your analysis of this, then, Joris, because uh, there's I think there's quite a lot for us probably to to pick apart here. 
Well, no, it, it, it's all... Actually, I don't think there's that much to say because it's not the first time this has happened to, to Genk as well. But mm. I'll first uh, focus on Open, uh, I guess, on Open uh, because they deserve... Um, well, the winners deserve the, the praise, I guess. Yeah. Um, they, so, yes, the first win, they really started well. A uh, great goal from... Uh, albeit very badly defended, but great goal for, uh, nonetheless from uh, Cook. Charles Cook, uh, Regan Charles Cook, and yeah, indeed, first ever winning Genk, and they kept a clean sheet, which uh, they they definitely uh, more than any other side will have welcomed, especially since Nuruddin was still in goal. So he definitely personally will have uh, liked that uh, to to redeem himself a little um, after last week's mishaps. Uh, to that that cost them two go, two points. Now they they got three points that they even they pro- most likely did not expect to get. Um, so that that's some bonus points, so to say. And uh, they they are off to a great start uh, in that sense. And anyway, as well, and uh, we can slowly start forgetting that uh, that uh, start from Nuvadin against Westerlo uh, last week, I suppose. Yeah, then. Uh, that was maybe a bit short, but nonetheless, uh, that don't mean that that way. Uh, not well done, Open, and also well defended. Really, outside of just getting that clean sheet, um, Nuruddin didn't even have to do that much, and it was not that Hink was not creating any danger either. Albeit that maybe is a segue, then uh, not not enough, and um, yeah, then uh, just. Uh, the, the the communication on that goal to first return to defense as well that was something yeah very very bad uh there was a lot of rotation in the Yank squad as well again um does not have to do necessarily with that uh i think but uh aziz role in the goal was unfortunately twice uh, a bit questionable uh, first he dribbled uh, back and then lost the ball while doing so uh, i think with a the pass got unaccepted, or it or it was just dropped of the dropped off the ball. Until then, in the end, um, yeah, there, there there was some miscommunication. The the cross came, and uh, Sadiq and Aziz were, yeah, their communication was not right, was not right there, and um, they, they that, that left Charles Cook really free to have that header, of course, as well. Um, if he even had it, the the let's also say the ball went in nicely. Whether he really meant it that way, I also actually have no clue. But uh, it, it ended up where he really were well in the perfect way for him, but um, not in the perfect way for me, obviously. And then that was <laughs> after exactly seventy or eighty seconds, I believe. So well, that was uh, yeah another blow. Uh, might have might not have helped that. Uh, to get that blow only a few days after receiving that hard blow where we, well, later on of the evening that we were recording last week, uh, we already had felt coming, of course, but um, yeah, that uh, the penalty loss against Servet Genève, so Geneva, so yeah, that's um, definitely some... Uh, some some hard blows to take and i guess the self did that didn't do the self-confidence the world of goods and then conceding after so well after literally less than two minutes that's that definitely did not put them on the right track and unfortunately in both games there was a bit of the same pattern um a bit a few phases of bad defending which cost them at the same at the one end and at the other end yeah just not enough firing power, not enough 
uh, like to say how to not enough courage to take the shot sometimes um, and th- some indecisiveness up front. Despite that, there were a lot of shots. Uh, there was a big chance or a great chance from uh, Bilal Kanus, who had a yeah, he, who made um, his way through the defense and then put up, uh, placed the ball just at the, uh, just not in the corner, but against the post. So a bit too much in the corner, so to say, maybe then, so to speak. But yeah, nonetheless, um, not enough concrete danger in the first half. Um, and uh, Nuruddin didn't even have to t- uh, catch a ball, even though there were, uh, I don't know, remember the exact amount, but something around 15 shots or 17 shots even already from Genk, uh, among which that that one against the post, which was the real, uh, that, that could have changed the tie because as well, um, yeah, it, it it was still quite early. It was still in the first 15 minutes. If that would have been the equalizer, the, the, the whole game might have panned out differently. But yeah. Um, and the, the one thing that I do think, the one rotation where I, 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 I think it might have made a difference, although I do understand it, um, because uh, Tolu had, uh, Tolu Erokadari had played uh, the 120 minutes, 130 minutes in total, I guess, even with so much time included against uh, Geneva. And um, in the, he was quite. Um, he was already suffering a bit of like uh, from cramps and so on. So I guess he was not the freshest one to put in back in the in the in the starting eleven. But uh, there's another nail that I'd like to hit uh, as always um, hit on on the head, and that's uh, yeah. Where is that second striker? Um, um, last week I was saying so it was not was decent. This week, sadly, not really. And also, it's not necessarily even aimed at him, but it's more the type of striker. Um, yeah, he, he he's fast, he's, uh, he's paced. But um, yeah, against a well-organized block in defense, um, then yeah, that, that quality is not is, is actually void. So you, you can't really use it. And that showed as well, which is part of why there, the danger was not really there. Uh, and the quality of crossing was also not great, to be honest. That as well, um, or even even abysmal. Um, in that first half, I actually was still, rel- I, I was still relatively okay with the level that uh, that was shown. Second half, sadly, was a different story, and it even, yeah, like I, I feel like there was a lack of confidence a bit in growing in the squad after this recent. Um, yeah, blows uh, to the head, and yeah, that's difficult to overcome. But they definitely will need to turn it around really quickly because the games are following in quick su- succession. Um, I also it's way too early to talk about fatigue and everything in a uh, European season as well. But nonetheless, I'll use it in a general context. I never really believe in fatigue from a European. Uh, at least uh, the physical fatigue of our European uh, season, even in later stages of the season, but the mental uh, part you can carry, you can both carry over the the good emotions like Union did last season, uh, and the, the the good results in Europe. The, uh, yeah, the, the, the that you keep, that keeps you in a flow, and uh, and sadly, I also feel like that's also works. That that's the part where the European football can hurt the most as well. Like this this kind of results and um, unexpected results uh, really against uh, teams like Geneva, with all due respect, um, 
yeah, and after playing against, given how that game play, panned out with uh, being one or twenty minutes like, playing against uh, ten men as well, uh, that that does definitely play a part. And uh, although I do feel like maybe even the the hand and injury in because that that led to that red card um, might have impacted that game more, and definitely will have impacted the the, the game against Open and probably the upcoming weeks uh, until he is back as well a bit more than uh, anticipated. Um, I suppose not that they're again not against any replacements uh, of it, but just. Yeah, it's he's still the captain. He's one of those players that maybe can put the, the things back in line. Um, well, that was a bit missing or completely missing in the second half, a bit missing in the first half. Uh, some, some, yeah, strict, clear line and then uh, the the real uh, communication as well. Again, I guess uh, so. Um, in throughout the whole team to to get everything back on track and to keep patient, but not too patient. It's that's a thin line as well, of course. To to follow um but yeah in the end i have been talking a lot now but uh, there's um there's a few worrying points main thing where is that second striker and secondly yeah that that defense it's it's not that it's a it's a looming issue as well so uh, like it's been an issue since uh, the second half of last season and definitely since the departure of Unoachu. Um, and yeah, both these things seem to be aligned a bit. Um, they're still creating relatively a lot, but nonetheless, yeah, not enough threatening uh, things. But mm. they also miss a striker who can do um, a lot without, um, w- well, without can do a lot without uh, w- with little. Um, not and that can be maybe Okadare, but he can't play all the time, which is then the uh, underlying issue there and. Uh, big question uh, mark there um let's see for well i personally still have hope that everything turns around quite quickly also re- some results in other games this weekend um do make me feel a bit more confident still about how the way this uh, this season might pan out but the most important uh, thing is of course the own results and the own own um yeah, really getting yourself back on track and not relying on what other teams are doing uh definitely sorry in the season yeah, psychologically they seem just a little bit frail to me at the moment. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, when you think about the way the season ended um, last season, you know, and a kind of slightly traumatic hangover from from that go, going out of Europe and that manner to survey, I, I, I suppose, isn't isn't helpful at all. Like you were saying, it was a tie that really, um, really they should have won and was, was kind of lost in, in, in kind of key moments. Um as well uh and yeah i mean i I think you're right i think they have you know they're they're still dominating games and still creating chances but i i found it interesting this weekend that although they had a lot of shots for example um i think there was only three or four of about 25 something like that i don't have the exact stats to hand that that were on target so their actual shooting was of, of of a pretty poor quality as well and yeah, I mean, for a side who are normally, you know, pretty good in these areas, you know, to have to have such disappointing output suggests to me that they're just feeling a little bit frail. I think, you know, going behind so early in the game as well um, probably was a factor because then you're chasing the game. And we've seen, haven't we, in recent seasons that when, you know, Genker chasing a game, often that's, that's when they're not at their, their best and sometimes their decision-making in those moments isn't, 
um, isn't as sharp as it is when they're you know in the lead in games or you know kind of sort of dominating. So it's it's an odd one. I suppose there's two ways of looking at this. They have a, a very tough game coming up against Olympiacos, um, but in many ways it's the ideal game to to kind of you know try and get this out of their system now. Um, you always see the odd strange result at the start of seasons. Um, you know, we saw obviously Anderlecht losing to Union, which although not a strange result last weekend, is we expected it to be a little bit closer than that actually was, and this was the same. This was you know kind of quite an an unexpected um result um on on its own. So it'll be interesting to see how your side do over the next week or so, because like you say, everything is there for them to to go to go and kick on. Um, what we don't know at the moment is whether this is the beginning of you know a slightly sort of more deep seated Malays. Um, and we'll 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 find that we'll find that out shortly. Um, look out for Vouter Rankin's uh, team selection against Olympiakos as well, because as Joris was saying, there's been a fair bit of rotation recently, uh, which while understandable, you know, when 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 a side has things going against them a little bit, and they're a wee bit fragile, you know, that that can that can harm you a bit further as well. So it'll be interesting to see what choices he makes um, going into that tie because that will be very, very close indeed. Um, and it'll all be about who turns up over the two legs. Let's move on, shall we, to the Jan Bridal Joris, where Miron Muslic's circle got their first win of the season, winning 2-0 at home. And I, I felt this is quite a comfortable victory for, for circle in the end. Charlois not really managing to put a glove on circle. Yep, definitely was a well. That that's actually saying everything already in a few sentences. Uh, really strong performance from Serko, really poor performance from Charleroi as well. But uh, also because of the way Serko were dominating, they really never really let them into the game. Um, yeah, and Charleroi on the other hand also weren't able to turn it up a notch um, too much. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, Circle Brugge getting a, a, a clean sheet, uh, also good, of course, and uh, their first goals of the season that will also have uh, lifted their spirits for sure. And um, yeah, I don't have that much to say, so I'll just throw in everything. And then, uh, the, yeah, the, the last thing was also Charleroi's uh, side as well. Then uh, Sorgan in the interview already saying that he feels that maybe, which was a strange thing to say, by the way, uh, he feels that it was maybe. Uh, um, the focus was already too much on Standard next week, and um, yeah, well, well, uh, well, now he put a lot of more pressure on that game for from Chadrava's side, I guess, as well. If the results themselves already did not do enough for that, yeah, I, I, I thought this was an interesting game actually because um, Felix Mazu did highlight afterwards, you know, how unhappy he was with how his side started the game, he thought they started far too slow. Um, and allowed Circle obviously to get into a rhythm and to dominate them, and we, we know because of the way Circle play with that that high press and that aggression, forcing mistakes um, and high turnovers and, and and things like that. That you know, if you allow a side like Circle to get into a rhythm, um, that it is difficult to work your way into a game, and that's really what happened here. You know, he went as far as to say you can't start against any side like that actually, and really hope to get too much out of the game. And yeah, Adam Zorgan's admission that perhaps they were focusing on what, what to them psychologically anyway is, is is the bigger game when Standard come uh, to to Charleroi next weekend is 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 really interesting. But yeah, Feely's not not happy at all with that performance, and they they didn't really deserve to get anything out of the game. I didn't think. Um, 
couple of things from a, a, a circle point of view. I, th- I thought Kevin Denke was was magnificent. I thought he had a really good, strong game. He's come back into his own after a you know a period, uh, particularly in the tail end of last season, where he was he was benched um, a fair bit. And obviously with uh, Ayazi Oida going to to Feyenoord, uh, recently, um, Kevin Denke's kind of become the main man again as he was before Iazi arrived, and and has very much slipped back into the to, to the role that, that he had before. Although they did form a really effective partnership, actually they did work very well together. Um, but yeah, he he had a very strong game, and and uh, Charleroi really really struggled to cope with him. I think um, he seems to be sort of uh, enjoying his football again, and that might have something to do with the fact that he's. He's, he's seen as the the main man again. A lot of interest in Kevin Denke at the moment, actually, on, on uh, from other clubs, Joris. Not surprisingly, that there, there has been for a little while, and I think this could be a you know a big season for him in that sense. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any movement there on him before the end of the window as well, because it's not it's not entirely impossible that that might might happen. Circle's succession planning has been very good, actually, uh, in, in recent times. So should that happen, then I'm, I'm sure there is a, a plan uh, in place. Um, another player worth watching out for, because he's always worth keeping an eye on, who I'm a big fan of, is uh, Yang Gaboho. I think he, uh, he had a decent game again, becoming an increasingly important player for Circle. Um, now that Dino Hotic has left as well, um, he's he's a really interesting player and, and one that I, I I enjoy watching kind of quite a lot. But yeah, kind of quite a straightforward win for Circle this one, um, and they'll be pleased to to get their season up and running as comprehensively as they did this weekend. The final game on Saturday uh, was at Dendreef. It was Leuven 1, Molenbeek 2, Joris, and uh, Molenbeek are, are off the mark. And uh, I, I really enjoyed this game, actually. It was a really keenly contested um, game between these two sides. And we, we were speaking last week, the three of us, Joris, about how Molenbeek were going to have to compete with the sides that we expect to be in and about them. Um, and Leuven are one of those sides. And I suppose what we've learned from this, if anything, is that they they can compete with those sides because they were they were pretty good throughout most of this game. And I thought they actually deserved to win, although they had to do it the hard way by coming from behind. Yep, the numbers also seem to indicate that um, as well with um, yeah, 2.22 um, XG. Uh, with a penalty included, of course, uh, against 1.32 for uh, Leuven. Um, a bit less shots, but more shots on target. Uh, for no, or around the same shot, around of shots of, on target, but also three big chances missed. Um, that's uh, we, well, we might have not gotten a, a really big XG, but uh, really big chances anyway. Um, but um, yeah, for uh, Molenbeek, definitely a really. Um, Good win, the win they needed as well. Uh, that combination, Mercier Biron, uh, that was also one thing we highlighted like last week already. That could prove important. Uh, could also be Mercier and, and the striker coming on, but uh, like uh, that, that could be Magdargay. But uh, yeah, Biron definitely bought himself some time, I believe, with this weekend's uh, performance. Um, not only scoring that penalty, but also a really nice finish on that uh, a nice through ball from. Uh, well, can I say true ball? Yeah, I guess uh, for Mercier, it was a really great assist. It's true ball does not cut how, how, how good the ball was, albeit the positioning in the defense was also not great from uh, platings there, but uh, nonetheless, great vision. 
and execution of that pass. Then, uh, so yeah, also the first goals back, their first points back, their first away victory back. Uh, a lot of firsts for them, of course. Uh, nonetheless, there was also that's a, a, a sl- oh, well, actually still a sportive situation. Like it, it had to do with Magda Gay, actually, a bit of a comical situation um, with the ba- at the bench because the day before they had put him in the in the selection in the squad list, but uh, and because uh, yeah, they 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 presumably got on the green lights that he could play. But an hour be- only an hour before the game, they found out, oh, he actually isn't, so he's not allowed to play plays on the bench. And they actually did not have any striker on the bench anymore. Uh, and, well, they did not have enough time to, uh, to, to yeah. Well, they found out too late to, to get some replacement or maybe a youth player or anything uh, there. So that they got lucky, I guess, that nothing happened with Biro and that he actually had a, a, good, a great performance as well, that he did not leave room for... Uh, well, needed to be uh, subbed off, uh, or at least not uh, not early on. Um, yeah, Leuve, on the other hand, some initial worrying signs potentially. Um, well, another one, another interesting thing was that the Mandela Keita appeared in the in the well in the team in the starting eleven straight away now after not having featured in the, throughout preseason games, um, and of course amidst in, amidst interests of uh, Antwerp and maybe even other teams as well uh, for a transfer. Uh, it looked like his uh, time at Leuven is, was over. It actually most likely still is, but uh, I, presumably this is still a bit of a of a tactic to, to keep his uh, value high enough. Um, but yeah, just uh, interesting to see him play uh, again uh, for Leuven. Uh, making an appearance there, and uh, well, uh, Richie Sagrado with a first goal for him as well. Um, that's uh, that's a nice thing, of course. Uh, great finish, um, but um, just in general, the state of Leuven a bit, bit worrying. Like the 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 performance was quite poor against presumably still one of the more weaker sides in the league, and especially a side that's that's yeah. It might not be one of the weaker sides in the end, but at the moment is still a bit uh, a bit of a mess. But they, they they performed well in this mess, uh, so not not taking away anything of that. But you would expect a better performance from Leuven against um, uh, against RWDM, especially since they actually took the lead as well. So they they it looks like they were uh, relaxing a bit too much after that, and. Yeah, the, the appearances of Keita, also Martes, who admitted later in an interview uh, that that like, yeah, he actually barely could see because he has some injury with his eyes and so on. So it's a bit weird that he that he came on. Um, yeah, Holzhauser, who is far off his best level. Um, uh, for any, uh, yeah, let, let's uh, let's see how how if he ever can find it again. Actually, um, yeah, just all quite a bit of a worrying signs. Defense not operating well. Um, also up front, not really there yet. Yeah, worrying signs for Leuven. Yeah, that's uh, early, early worrying signs for Leuven. Yeah, definitely, definitely some worrying signs. I think offensively in particular, I think they're they're really they're really lacking um, ideas when they get to uh, the opposition's kind of eighteen yard area. I think that things seem to kind of break down there, and of course they they are lacking uh, lacking a striker. I think. Um, it was only last week that, that Michael Frey uh, famously said no to, to going to Leuven Antwerp wanted as, as part of a, a deal to bring Mandy Keita back to the Bossel, uh wanted to offer Michael Frey 
Leuven were keen in this deal, but Michael Frey said no, of course, as we mentioned last week. Um, and he's exactly the sort of player, I think, probably who could do a very good job at Leuven and, and the sort of thing that they need. But yeah, definitely a few concerning signs for them, um, I think. Uh, on Molenbeek's part, um, in a way, though, they, they'll be particularly pleased to have got their first win for a whole host of reasons. Um, nice for them to do it in, you know, in, in the heat of battle, coming from behind and doing it that way. They did miss a couple of really, really good chances early on. Uh, Byron missed one, which he made up for later on, of course, scoring scoring two. Uh, missed a, a real sitter uh, in the opening quarter of an hour, um, as did um, the Sartre. He missed a, you know, a, an even easier one actually that he, he managed to put over the bar. Um, so the score could have been much more emphatic for for Molenbeek in the end. But yeah, I mean they, they worked themselves into this game kind of quite nicely and um, a decent performance. And I think you know if they can perform at that level most weeks against most sides, um, they're going to probably pick up some points. Um, and anything they get against the bigger boys obviously is going to be a bonus for them um, so it's very encouraging for them this early to go and get a, an away win from behind as I was saying against a side that you know is you know we expect to be in and about them so um, yeah a good, a good week for the the, the, the side uh, from from Brussels um, and they hope to take that momentum into into next week. So Sunday, Oris, Sunday opened with a big game, which which it normally does. Uh, Brian Reimers and Alecht at home to Mark Van Bommel's uh, Antwerp. And I actually only saw uh, half of this game, and it was probably the half that wasn't quite as good. So it's just as well you saw the, the second half. Um, Brian Reimers' men managing to win 1-0, uh, a much-needed win, and uh, a first Pro League goal for Kasper Dolberg. Yep, you chose the wrong half to see that uh, the very <laughs> une- a very <laughs> uneventful <laughs> game. <laughs> but to be honest, that could still be said about the whole game. I believe uh, the second half was not much better, but there was there were a bit more events. Uh, but um, nonetheless, um, just in general, a poor poor game from both sides. Um, yeah, and Dolberg indeed that was one of my points. Well, it's an obvious one indeed. Scoring his first goal must do his confidence. Uh, some goods, even though, uh, regardless of it being from the penalty spot, um, yeah, still um, uh, getting off the mark is really important, of course. And actually, you also said uh, the the other thing I noticed a very much needed win for Anrecht, um because the pressure was already really on. And um, yeah, that's it. That's that's good for Anderich that they got that win. Uh, Leoni playing well in midfield is another part thing I noted um, in. As uh, as we also know that, uh, that especially last week their midfield was uh, quite the worrying part of their side. Well, more than more than one part is probably worrying, but that's that's where they lacked something, and he filled in part of their issues. Uh, like he he managed to to um, to to yeah to do something about some of those issues. Antwerp, on the other hand, um, yeah. Uneventful first half, we said, well, they had their first shots, so the first XG points, expected gold points, in minutes uh, 53 of the game. Um, that actually also says it all about how uneventful it was from their side. <laughs> and before the penalty, Anderlecht's um, XG was also not, not high, but there was something. They had tried some some attempts far off uh, like this, but uh, yeah. 
Um, also, they still have not actually scored. Well, no player of Antwerp has scored a, has scored a goal, uh, which is quite worrying for for a champion as well. Uh, well, last week they took the win through an own goal. Of course, um, yeah. not necessarily something to to really worry about that that's an own goal, but more a sign that they haven't actually scored in two games uh, already. Well, now that that does does not ex- uh, exude confidence. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, the Jan Olden also yeah, in, com- that Janssen really had a really he had a sitter in this game as well. Um, yeah, that's. It was a bit of a comical situation where Vertonghen hits uh, Leoni by, by, while trying to, well, while shooting the ball away from defense, uh, and it ricochets uh, back to was it Eklakamp, I believe, who brought it back uh, to the front, in front of goal, where um, yeah, where Janssen really just had to tap it in, but uh, somehow it did. He he reacted too slow, or the, he he did take it with his uh, with the wrong foot, so not. Uh, was it his left foot? Well, not the foot closest to the ball um, to tap it in, but uh, that gave uh, Sardell at the time to, even though Janssen got the shot, uh, to block that shot, even if it was like literally one meter, two meters before the line. Um, yeah, that was a, a great save, I suppose you can say, uh, for from uh, from Sardella there. Also, a uh, more general thing, it looks like Anderlecht is really a bogey team for Antwerp. Even last season, yeah. they did not win against them. And not only it goes further than that, it's now five games in a row that they have not won. And in most of those games, Anderlecht have, uh, Antwerp also have not scored. Um, so they, they really... Um, yeah, so th- they are waiting for some goals against Anderlecht. Uh, last season, it was twice nil-nil in those games. Yeah, I was I was going to ask you actually about you know that moment right at the end of the game where it looked like Jurgen Eklenkamp had had equalised for for Antwerp. What did you make of that? Because um, I I wasn't sure at first, and um, who does the header actually come off? That's the thing as well. You know, is it an Anderlecht head or is it off Aldevarel? Because if it's off an Anderlecht head, then you know it's it's an odd one that I didn't see too much wrong with that really. Um, it was off Alderweireld's head, and then, and that doesn't matter anymore since the yeah. rule, new rules. That also from the uh, so Alderweireld hit it against, yeah, okay, the Andrecht defender. I, I don't was it Patrice might be. Uh, then then it fell fell to Eklakamp, but uh, yeah, in that sense it might have been offside. It's still quite unclear to me. Like it was really difficult to see from the images that we saw whether Vertonghen's foot was like too far, but was still somewhere. Uh, behind Eklekamp, uh well, well, whether Eklekamp was just a few centimeters too far or not, that's yeah, difficult to judge. Uh, let's, uh, I guess, I'll trust the, the VAR here. Yeah, it was interesting because uh, when it was chopped off, the the, the cameras cut to the to the main stand, and uh, Sven Yaks, uh, Antwerp's general manager, was sitting, of course, beside uh, Mark Overmars, who he normally is, and. Sven Jacks was was not happy at all. Actually, he was he was shaking his head. Um, so I'm interested to see what his thoughts were. Uh, having had a chance to kind of see it again, he obviously thought it was okay. And it was one of those moments where, yeah, um, I suppose you just have to tr- trust the officials. But I d- I didn't see kind of too much wrong with it in the end. But you know, academic now, um, looking at Anderlecht's upcoming uh, fixtures, because um, I just wanted to ask you what your thoughts on this were, because obviously the pressure ramped up in Brian Ryman after losing in week one, 
Um, they've had a relatively quiet transfer window so far. I know the fans are still quite nervous about the, the lack of activity. Um, Jesper Fredberg, uh, Anderlecht Sporting Director, is is kind of you know holding firm on his, on, on his line and they are following a, a number of files at the moment. So we definitely expect there to be some more movement before the window closes at the end of the month. But um, they've got some, some interesting games kind of coming up. Um, they go to Stein... Uh, next week to play a surprisingly high-flying St. Truden at the moment um, and then the, the week after they, they're at home to Westerlo um, and then they have a home tie against Charleroi. So there are some tricky games coming up and there was a story this week that there wasn't very much made of really in the media that I thought, okay, there's probably more to this than uh, that there was necessarily made of. Apparently, the story goes that Brian Reimer was was told, "Look, by match day six, we expect you to be in the top six. Otherwise, there there might be a decision for the the board to be made." So they were obviously very unhappy with the opening weekend last weekend, unsurprisingly, and and have immediately kind of told them that you know they want they want they want a marked Im- improvement. Um, did you see? And here's the question. Although they win this weekend, and it's a good win, obviously against a you know what would be a title rival normally. Although Anderlecht have been far off it in recent years, did you see have enough of an improvement this weekend to suggest that um, if they continue to have a quiet window and don't bring in maybe three or four more quality players, that they could push for that playoff one spot at the moment? Short answer: No. But also, like, I don't really agree that they have a quiet winner. In the end, they already did six transfers now, which is yeah. well more than many teams. Uh, definitely, uh, of course, not all of them are already really prepared to play. You could also already see when uh, Vasquez came in in this last ten minute in the last ten minutes of the game, he's clearly not not up for it yet, or at least that's what you might hope, at least um, for as an Andrecht fan. Uh, um, but yeah, um, just. Um, no, no. Like I think this game was mainly important for the confidence, and we'll have to see. You can't really make make more conclusions at the moment. Uh, this was just a poor game from both sides. Um, then they won, which is important. Dolberg scored a goal, which is important for the bo- both the sides and the strikers' confidence. And um, yeah, the rest it's really too early to tell. But um, it's not that the level of performance was was so great either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I was looking for this weekend, just just to see if there was enough of a difference from week one. And although, yeah, completely agree with you. I think the main thing for them was just just get the win from that psychological point of view, because you know it's it's difficult to to appreciate how important that is, particularly when you know your your opening weekend was as poor as it was. Um, and you're right, they will they will add to that squad, and it's too early to to tell too much yet. But for for me, when I was watching it, I was thinking, okay, there's been an improvement, but um, you know they still they still need to go through some gears. I think kind of kind of quite quickly. So it'll be interesting to see, particularly with those fixtures coming up, because some of them are trickier trickier than they they, they appear to be. Um, all right, let's let's move on to the the actor de Caserne, where Mechelen lost one nil at home to Eichmann Eisenbrook's Buffalo's side. And what did you make of this one, Joris? Because uh, this is the first time Ghent have won their opening two games since 2009 uh, 2010. And as Ben was right to point out last week, the Buffaloes are notoriously slow starters usually, but they seem to have come right out of the blocks this season. 
yes. Although also there you can maybe say like this was not the best performance uh, as well. They they deservedly won though. That's uh, that's that's not a topic. And also last week, I guess you could say that they won deservedly, but. Yeah, I'm still not completely convinced somehow by your level of performance. I don't need to be. And to be honest, a lot of top teams or even maybe all of the top teams can be the, the same thing can be told about. Um, outside maybe Union. Yeah, they, they grabbed the points here, uh, but without really playing so very well. Uh, but they, they created enough to, to really yeah, claim that victory and maybe should have scored more even. Uh, and uh, the main thing maybe was that uh, Orban didn't feature in this game. Uh, might there finally be that transfer uh, going on? That's uh, another big question, of course, for for them long longer term. Uh, it is I, it, it's more and more likely, looking like it is going to happen. But um, definitely two wins in the bounce uh, on the start of the season. That's that's really good. Um, yeah, Darren. What else to make with the goal? They actually score as well. <laughs> That was quite a comedy capers goal. Uh, a really great, a, a great build up. To, that has to be said. But then uh, I don't think anyone expected uh, it to end in a combination between Foulon and Lavalet to end up in the back of the nets uh, for for Gent uh, to score. So yeah, Foulon hitting the ball a bit like uh, Vertongen and Leone had in the in the previously in a previous game, but uh, they had it in a bit of a less dangerous place, even though some danger came out of it. But um, yeah, the, the, this one just went straight in. Uh, nothing Kuka could do about it anymore. Uh, that uh, yeah, that that was, was quite comedy capers how it ended. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, in for for the other for the other on the other hand, um, yeah, in Mechelen maybe just not enough fighting spirit in a way or. I can't really grasp it perfectly, but that's how I wrote it down now. Uh, something, something lacking anyway. That's that's the, I guess the the, the main thing. Um, yeah, they, they the now I'll already go straight to the end of the game. Um, there were Michela actually fought back a little bit, non though uh, after that goal and in the last five to ten minutes they created a few chances a few big chances even uh where walsh had a header they completely misplaced from really close uh close to the goal already um and then of course the moments uh the the comedy penalty that tonura Riga gave away um <laughs> as well um yeah well he couldn't really do much about it to, to be fair to him but yeah it, it didn't look great uh yeah he he, he uh, slid down or fell down and yeah then by doing so he also took uh, took out uh, i don't remember which which one it was but a Mechela player um yeah in the penalty box so uh, that was a clear a clear but stupid uh, way to give away a penalty um but uh yeah there's a few facts about that penalty then that's, that are interesting as well. Uh, first of all, also that it was a surprise that uh, Roof was in goal for, for the whole game, actually. So the uh, first, first game in the league, Narni played, now it was Roof. And if there's one thing that Roof is uh, notorious for, is that he saves a lot of penalties. So actually, even when, when that penalty was given, I was not like, okay, they have lost the, to drop two points already. I was like, okay, let's see. It, it is indeed proof against him. And uh, yeah, he did well to save the, the penalty from Robshoffs. We would, uh, by doing so, miss the penalty in his turn at appearance for uh, KV Michele. So that, uh, yeah, that, that added a bit more um, of uh, 
salt into the wound for for him and and for them uh, as well, leaving them now, despite not playing terrible, I suppose. Uh, with a, and and again, of course, against the two teams in Cleveland and and Gent, that that they are supposed to be higher up in the table. Uh, but yeah, instead of getting a win out of one of those games, which they could have gotten maybe. Uh, they are now uh, left with one only one point out of these two games. Um, not the results they would have liked, um, and also, yeah, they're they're lacking something something up front. It's like I still can't really grasp it. It's like something is really missing in that side, uh, which should not be missing there for too long before it actually also could start get worrying. Despite the relatively okay starts uh, in in the in the level of play. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your your thoughts. It's obviously too early to to judge, as we were just saying there. You know, in in, in relation to questions around Anderlecht, but uh, a question here on uh, Leon Loberbach. Um, have you seen anything in him, Yoris, to suggest that he he is a striker who can produce the sort of goals that Mecklen are are, are looking for, or um, has he underwhelmed you so far? Well, the thing is. <laughs> I don't think he necessarily will produce a lot of the goals, but I, 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 I also, this is I actually can't grasp the player yet. I think that's again like the thing. I, can't, I don't think he's a real pure goal scorer, which maybe is what Michael needs. But yeah. I'm not complete. I don't feel like he's completely disappointed either. Like he he brings something to their game, but yeah. Maybe these goals would have been more important for for now for a team like Michel throughout the season. It's a bit early to tell, but yeah, yeah like I, I'm not giving up on him yet. But like he, yeah, at some point he definitely will have to grab some or be more involved in any kind of statistics, um, at least. Yeah, it's an interesting one that I wanted to get your thoughts on it. It was nice to see um, Rafik Belgali starting. Obviously, I was saying last week after uh, you know he came on once uh, Bolongoli had get injured and was highlighting that he's probably going to get a little run on the, the side for a few weeks now. So it, it was good to see him starting because, as I was saying last week, he's a really exciting young player um, with tremendous potential. Um, so it's going to be good to, to see him getting some exposure and, and kind of grow into uh, pro league football over, over the next few weeks. I think he played uh, 61, 62 minutes this weekend before being substituted and did all right actually. So um, that, that that's a positive from 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 a Mechelen uh, point of view. But you're right, there's something there is very good way of describing it. Yours just something not quite you know, right in that, that mix at the moment. And um, I, I've pondered this on a number of occasions when, when our Ben's asked me what, what that was about. And um, I keep changing my mind kind of week on, uh, week in, week out. Obviously, they, they signed um, Mori Kanate recently from St. Truden, who's yet to feature. Um, and he's the sort of player who who can be a big influence on a side like this. He, he brings a lot. I think, um, and, and could become very, very important to him. So I think it's really important that they manage to get him into the side really, really quickly. Um, yeah, it's a uh, bit of a mystery what's happening with him right now. No, that he doesn't that he doesn't play on itself. Okay, that can happen, but he didn't feature... Okay, he was quite late that he joined in the preparation in the preseason, but he didn't feature in the preseason game anymore. I don't think there were many preseason games anymore, but nonetheless but also didn't even make the squad list for 
the first two games. So like wondering if there's some looming injury issues or another reason that we are not know yet. Yes. Maybe I just missed something about it as well as possible. But I do know he missed the last few games at Sintra the last season. But mm. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting one because of how big a player I think he is. And even Stephen DeFore actually was saying um, before last weekend's game that um, they, they, they want to get him in the side. So all the indications were, you know, there was going to be a swift transition, but, you know, he's, he's kind of been noticeable by his absence. And obviously, you know, not getting the result this weekend, I suppose, is just kind of highlighted how much they're missing of a player like that who's got, you know, lots of different qualities that, you know, the side re- really needs at the moment. It was interesting you talking about Davy Roth's uh, penalty heroics, which obviously we know about of old. He had quite a lot to say this week, actually, about that. He was talking about... Um, his approach to penalties um, in a little interview he gave uh, where he talks about things you would expect to hear about, you know, watching videos and looking at a player's record in terms of which side they tend to go for. He was saying one of the key things for him as a goalkeeper is to uh, stay on your feet as long as possible, which is obviously basic goalkeeping coaching advice. You know, don't don't overcommit too early because that makes it easy for whoever's taking the penalty. But he says, if possible, wait until the ball's actually struck rather than even guessing, um, because that gives you a greater chance. And you know, he he felt that uh, he had the measure of Rob Scoof's, um, which ultimately he did of uh, of course um, to, to secure those points and you're right exactly you know when the penalty was awarded I didn't think this isn't over yet because he was he was in goal uh, immensely frustrating for for Mecklen not to get away with a point because although it wasn't the greatest performance in the world for them I think they probably would have taken a point in the end uh, particularly considering you know Ghent are, are, are pretty decent at the moment and you mentioned Gift Orban who not only didn't get any game time this weekend he, he also didn't get any game time in, in Europe as well recently um, and he, he's not been particularly happy with that so although the transfer uh, rumours are rumbling on I think he still wants to be playing and, and I find it interesting that Big Hine uh, when asked about that uh, after the game, did say, well, you know, I don't have to explain everything. Uh, he's quite, you know, quite forceful in his answer there. So, uh, you know, that suggested to me that maybe he deliberately chose to leave him out because he didn't feel his mind was kind of 100% on the game. Um, and of course, if it's if it is a transfer that's edging closer, then obviously uh, he doesn't want a player potentially getting injured as well. So there's a range of factors that play into this that that mean he's he's not featured for for a couple of of, of games. But you know, an, an interesting little side story to all of that. Um, let's talk about Westerlund Club Bruges, uh, shall we? Joris Ronnie Dyla's men managing to to get their first win of the season, and uh, we saw the first Ronnie roar of the season post match as well. Once they got the three points, and my reaction to that was um, uh, better leave that for a few weeks yet, Ronnie, and not get over excited. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a. It was, despite being a nil one, it probably was the most exciting one of all. Um, the Clubrique played quite well, to be honest. Um, they're, they're, the main thing was that it was only one that they scored. Uh, their uh, six big chances missed, that's uh, a lot. 3.27 uh, XG, so yeah, well-deserved victory. Um, uh, really dominant display from them. Uh, it was not all perfect or good either. Uh, well, not in the least the finishing there. Um, Thiago scored and scored for the second time in a row, but 
that's really only looking at the numbers. He probably should have gotten a few more already. Uh, not probably, he definitely should have. Um, so I'm not completely convinced by him yet, but of course, um, nobody will mind if he keeps scoring at a rate of one goal per game. But um, yeah, expecting a bit more nonetheless. Um, yeah, really, really dominant display, 20 shots, six, uh, eight on targets. Like I said, six big chances missed. I believe twice the bar uh, hit as well. And so on. So yeah, really, really good performance uh, throughout most of the game from Club Brugge. Not everything was perfect. That's uh, what I said before, because they gave a lot of room, away, uh, space away for Westerlo to counter. But that's my point on Westerlo. They did not play that play them out well enough. They they could have hurt Club Brugge a bit more, uh, especially also uh, in the final minutes. There was a they had their best spell, maybe even with uh, with a few shots a few saves to be made uh, and also in the first half the counters they that that they did not execute well enough um and um yeah they, they wasted the chances of or the opportunity or, or the um uh, the, the 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 opportunities to get a chance uh, there anyway and yeah the last week bolat was uh was not really in great form but despite the loss this time um yeah, he this week he he definitely was up to up to the standards uh, and uh, yeah he he redeemed himself uh, I suppose despite losing but uh, that was definitely not his fault uh, he had a few cracking saves and um, yeah that's uh, that's good good on him that he that he yeah also like Nuruddin redeemed himself uh, this this weekend. Yeah, absolutely dominant performance from from club as you were saying. I completely agree with you. A couple of things I wanted to ask you about was what you made of uh, Hugo Vettelson obviously getting his his first start. This is a player who is exciting lots of people, and I, um, I I'm one of them. I I get terribly excited by him. I think he's a great player. Uh, could do great things. Could be one of the big players to watch this season. Uh, hopefully I'm not wrong about that. He's he's had a slightly slow start actually. You know that, that's why I find it interesting. This was his first start, um, which I was kind of delighted with. But the the, the other thing from a club perspective, I thought uh, Hans Van Aken had an absolutely fantastic game. Uh, I thought he was really good actually, and and often. Uh, Often he makes a very positive kind of contribution to club. Uh, you know, as we know, he's he's almost untouchable as as we've as we've described in in relation to him being being picked. Sometimes maybe he doesn't justify it, but that's just a personal view. But I thought he was really really good this weekend. Had a really effective game. Uh, contributed a lot. Obviously, uh, assisted for the goal, but also offensively as well. You know, had a few shots, some great line breaking balls. You know, really really strong performance from him. Um, and you know, I think he enjoyed himself uh, this this weekend. There's no doubt about it. Um, Westerlo, I think you know, Westerlo will be all right. I think they've had a, a a disappointing start to the start to the season, but I think you know we'd agree, Joris, they've got enough about them, you know, not to be too worried at the moment. Yeah, they have to to grab some points, obviously, uh, to not make the, the to make the start really a missed one. But um, regardless of that, yeah. Can't really judge him on this game uh, where no opponent is uh, so dominant. But yeah, just wasted a few chances on the on the break. But yeah, can't. Uh, this is not a game that they would have expected uh, to to grab the po- all points. Even though I have to admit, of course, last season they did not lose against Lubrigge. Uh, so that's um, yeah. Then this time they did. So that's that, that's not great. But either way, um, I think it's. 
it's easier to bear a defeat when it's this clear that you were to lesser sides, even though, well, because of the opponent not being able to kill the game really, uh, you you're you're in it, uh, and you you in the end almost be uh, are able to grab a point still. Um, but yeah, the, the, the still room for improvement. But um, indeed, I'm not too worried about them yet. Um, that could still change, but I don't think I think they have enough about them um, to not be worried in the longer term. Wherever they will end up in the in the table in the end, that's another question. But um, yeah, I, I don't see any real danger for them yet. Yeah, likewise, I, I agree with you about that. Speaking of being worried about sides, uh, let's move on to the, the, the final game of the weekend, uh, which was at the Guildenspor and Cortrike losing 1-0 uh, at home to, to St. Trude and high-flying St. Trude, as I was calling them earlier, because um, they've now won their opening two games as well, Joris, and it's the first time they've won consecutive opening games to a season since 2015-16 and I don't think many of us really saw this coming. It's interesting because um, some of the some of the St. Trude squad have been talking this week about how the, the atmosphere in the camp is very good at the moment and how they're enjoying training so it does seem as if uh, new T1 uh, Torsten Fink has you know kind of lightened the atmosphere around the place and just that little shift in attitude uh, and an and approach of a new face has has really um, kind of stirred things up in a in a positive way for them. And although this game was actually uh, quite close, really, um, you know, uh, Binky's boys managing to get the win, and um, it, it's really nice to see actually, you know, a side um, so uh, you know kind of happy. Sides always look happy when they win, but you know the the, the real joy you can see in that St. Trudens side both this weekend and last weekend after the win was really really interesting. I think it was quite uh, extroverted, you might say, um, in, in a way that you don't you don't expect to see. And that that tells me that what some of the players were saying this week about the atmosphere being quite good is 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 clearly the case as well. And we we highlighted last week, uh, particularly Ben did about how surprised he was about you know early indications of a slightly more expansive style of play. Um, you know, it seems to be seems to be the case. Um, some interesting performances, obviously Abubakari Koita um, playing the majority of the game, you know, coming off in stoppage time again after after winning the game for them in, in, in week one. And I suppose another big bit of St. Truden news while we're on them is uh, they've brought a new goalkeeper in, of course, uh, which does suggest that, that Daniel Smith might be might be heading out um, shortly. But yeah, new Japanese goalkeeper came in. Uh, who who's very highly rated indeed. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how quickly he he might feature uh, if Smith does leave. But they've certainly covered their bases there. Kotrike, um, on the other hand, for me, uh, just kind of not not quite good enough. I think again is 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 what I would say. Um, struggling a little bit to kind of create enough. Um, much like Leuven, actually, they remind me of of, of Leuven. You know, there there are some good individuals there who are not performing at the level that they can. Um, a bit of uncertainty around the club as well. Um, you know, a bit of business still to be done. I think there on on Ed Still and, and the recruitment team's part there. Uh, interesting to see uh, Lars Montegni's getting his second successive start. We highlighted him last week. Um, you know, still, still only seventeen. Uh, you know, lots of promise there. So it's good to see that he was able to maintain his place. 
Uh, played 66 minutes, I think, 66, 67 minutes this weekend. Uh, so I, I was pleased to see Ed still kind of maintaining faith in him. But yeah, they, they, they much like Leuven, I think, you know, I do worry about them a little bit offensively uh, with some of the players they've lost. And I'm, I'm not personally convinced, just because his record doesn't suggest that anything's going to change anytime soon, that, that Felipe Avenatti is, is the man who can score enough goals to... Um, you know, really, really help them ride the wave this season. Yeah, that's uh, definitely something that they will need at the moment. Uh, I actually have not written down anything about Gutrecht, you know, though that's, that says a lot, I guess. Uh, but okay, also because I did not really watch this game, uh, a lot of this game anyway, uh, just saw some bits and pieces. Uh, looks like it was actually quite an even game. Ball position was 51% to Gutrecht, so 49 to to other. XGs are quite close as well, but Sintrada had a lot more shots, both on uh, uh, off-target and on-target. Um, 14 off-target and 4 on-goal, which is not an overwhelming number either, but more than the one shot on target that Kortrijk had, uh, which uh, says a lot about their game, I suppose. Um, Stoekers getting his first professional goal uh, as well, that's a nice feat for him. Uh, first internet. I remember a few seasons ago talking about him as a big talent. He did not really feature much after that, but maybe this is then a breakout season for him. Still very much early days, so can't say so, but uh, a good start of the season for him nonetheless. Uh, yeah, two goals. Uh, uh, two goals, two wins, two, two clean sheets, and uh, yeah, that's... Uh, that makes uh, it a great start of a season for uh, for Sintrada, definitely. And um, yellow-blue on top, together with uh, Gent, of course, as well. But uh, it looks like yellow-blue is the color, are the colors um, yeah, of uh, the beginning of the season so far. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and obviously uh, Centrune have got a couple of pretty big games coming up over the next couple of weeks. Uh, they're at home uh, next against Anderlecht, uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, and then they go to the Galamco to play uh, again, and they'll certainly go into those games in, in pretty fine mood, I suspect. So, um, yeah, an interesting one, particularly as it's a side very early days, of course. That's the caveat, as always. But it's interesting that a side that we tipped really to be one of the ones that were likely to struggle quite a lot seemed to have started very, very positively. Um, and, you know, lots of good things coming out of that camp at the moment. Well, that's that's about it for Match Day 2's uh, Roundup, Yoris. Thank you for joining me. It's been an absolute delight. Yep, I hope to be also be more delighted about my own team uh, next week again. But uh, things can change. Uh, last week I was still very positive, um, I guess, and the things can change in a week. But for the better and also for the worse, hopefully this time for the better. That, that's right, yeah, yeah. A week is a long time in football. Uh, the old cliche about it being a, a long time in politics is, uh, you know, only truer in one other place, and, and, and that's in football, no doubt about it, especially when transfer windows are still open, of course. Um, if you enjoy what we're up to here at the, the BFP, please do leave us uh, a little review wherever you access the pod that helps people to to find us and, and learn more about Belgian football because that's what we're all about here. Um, uh, celebrating what's going on and um, you know letting people learn more about Belgian football culture as well. Equally, you can find both me and Yoris and, and, and Ben on social media as well. If you if you want to come and attack us there, which some weeks people people do, we we love a good Barney. Um, 
if you've got any questions for us as well, because we love to tackle your questions, then you can get in touch with us um, in, in all the usual ways. You can you can drop us an email or you can contact us on uh, Twitter or, as it's now known, X. But I refuse to call it X, just like uh, lots of other people um, do with that, that horrible rebranding job. Um, but that's, that's, that's another story. Uh, plenty more to come from us. Um, we will be uh, bringing you our big bumper uh, Challenger Pro League pre season preview uh, very very soon uh, that's something a lot of you have been asking us about so um, that will be dropping with you very soon and if you haven't already listened to our Pro League pre-season preview you still have time to do that the, we've had some great feedback on that as well and um, you can find that on all of your podcast platforms as well so until next week uh, when we'll be back with another episode look after yourself everybody and we'll see you soon on another episode of the Belgian Football Podcast <laughs>